Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome to Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 248. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, so grab a globe. Spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around by Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. And you know, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And so what we do here is we get a panel discussion, we take a scripture, a Bible lesson, we put a man's spin on it, and then we bring it up to today and how we can apply it to the daily challenges that, that we meet. These are the kind of discussions that that we don't normally have. Um, and our No Church Answers 30-minute video show can be streamed from our Man Up Spiritual Oasis YouTube page. Subscribe and hit like button and leave a comment. So say you're in a men's group and you want a fresh man's perspective. So check out the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We have this library available, and it's guaranteed to inspire you. And like they say about these guys, authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny. And so our, and our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So please rate our podcast and leave a review. And at this time, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel. He is a former world-class policy writer and a current professional gambler. He's the show producer. That's Mr. Steve Ditch. Yeah, hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. And he is a former attorney, or a current attorney, former prosecutor, kind of the group historian. Uh, we call him the judge. That's Michael Cropper. Hey, hey Mike. Hi, guys. And my name is Bill Cox. I am basically a... Uh, Kind of a uh, writer, indie filmmaker, but uh, work as a contractor. So that's that's what I do, so I can pay for this kind of stuff that I do. And we're so glad that you've tuned in. At this time, we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, this one. Uh, the producer put together awesome notes, surprised by joy. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump right in and uh, bring in Mr. Steve Titch. Well, we're going to start uh, a series looking at the parables of Jesus, mostly, uh, in fact, all of what we're doing, we're drawing from Luke, although these some of these uh, do appear in the other synoptic gospels, like the one we're doing on this podcast. Uh, but I'm going to start by uh, basically sitting in for the professor, because I can imagine him doing a much better job of this. What is a parable? Well, does anybody on the class in the last year right. take a shot? <laughs> Well, I would say it's a story with a point. Well, it's a story of multiple points, hidden points. Oh, I think that's why they okay. call the uh, bowlay right is lay down on the side. So you tell us a story, and I I lay down another another interpretation of it or, or meaning that you can you can take from it. Is that correct, Steve? Well, if I were to crib from the author of our, our study, a parable. Yes, so it's a story with a point, and uh, it's it's also a. It also connects very much to everyday life, as opposed to being an abstract or, or like a fable, where you know might have animals talking. 
Uh, the, the parable deals with everyday life, the stories, people you can connect with. Uh, and on the surface, it appears to be a simple story, but as you said, there are always several levels of truth associated with it, and we'll get to do that as the... And, and Steve, what is the author used that Bill used to use all the time? The onions. Oh, yes! <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You Tell us peel, about that. you may... We're truly going to peel yes. these studies like an onion. So, yes. <laughs> you get so. to the different meanings of the parable, right? You peel yes. like an onion. Yes. Bill's notorious for saying that. And, and of course, here we will take no church answers. So if you have a novel reading, <laughs> we'll hear it out. That's right. Uh, your brief uh, overview, uh, Mike, before we get to the okay. scriptures. Uh, folks, I'm gonna, let me bring a little history to this. By the oh, way, the uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah. yes, he never fails, man. <laughs> Just so you know, folks, we're in Luke. We're in the book of Luke. If you want to grab your Bible and turn to it, Bill's going to read the text in just a little bit. But we started Luke five for the uh, the text we're covering today for the lesson we're covering today, which is parties, patches, and wineskins. And uh, I want to go just a little bit of Luke four and tell you a little bit about it. Here's a little background on our text. Uh, Jesus had begun his ministry. He had faced it, Satan in the wilderness and had been tempted and successfully come through that. So he began casting out demons and healing people, according to Luke 4. As, as he did this and as he taught people, large crowds came to him uh, to hear him teach, Luke 5.1. And at this time, he called Matthew to follow him. And you know who Matthew is, folks. He's Matthew's a tax collector. And he went to his house and he called a bunch of his friends and he held a large feast for Jesus at his house. Now, the Pharisees followed the crowd to Matthew's house and then complained that Jesus should not be eating with tax collectors and sinners. I mean, they're never happy with what Jesus does. But they go into the house and they see him eating with them. And he says, you should not be eating with, with sinners and tax collectors. And then Jesus explained to them he had come to call sinners to repentance, not righteous people. So with that history, we're going to go to today's lesson and see that the Pharisees are going to needle Jesus further about following the Mosaic Law. Bill, we're going to change it oh, up. Yeah, please. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, Steve. I'm going to say we're going to go right to it. We're going to, we're going to read. We're going to read it twice because these are parables, and I and I hope to do this as we go through this whole study. We're going to read. We're going to read this scripture from the classic translation from the NIV. But then we're going to read it again from the message by Eugene Peterson, his his loose but contemporary uh, translation, which will which will serve to update the parables more into our everyday terms. Because as I said, it's, it's an ev they're they're everyday people, right. everyday stories. Well, it is something we can identify. Humorous too, Stephen. What you're saying mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the message will not only explain it clearly. It's like the Levin mm -hmm. Bible used to be. I don't know if mm -hmm. you folks ever saw it, but. But he takes it and he spends a, a great, great, uh, great interpretation of the Bible. Thank you, Stephen. That's good. All right, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. This is Luke 5, 29 through 39, and this is from the NIV version. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not healthy, the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, 
John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this terrible. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskin. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For they say, the old is better. Levi gave a large dinner at his home for Jesus. Everybody was there. Taxmen and other disreputable characters as guests at the dinner. So the Pharisees and their religion scholars came to his disciples quietly offended, or greatly offended. What's he doing eating and drinking with the misfits and the sinners? They asked his disciples. Notice, folks, they don't confront Jesus, right? <laughs> He's too sharp. <laughs> anyway, Jesus heard it. Or heard about it, and he spoke up, and he said, Who needs a doctor, really, the healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders, an invitation to a changed life, changed inside and out. And they asked him, and John's disciples are well known for keeping fasts and saying prayers. Also the Pharisees, but you seem to spend most of your time at parties. Why is that? Jesus said, when you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and the wine. You feast. Later, you may need to exercise moderation, but this is not the time. As long as the bride and the groom are with you, you have a good, good, good time. Now, when the groom is gone, the fasting will begin. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. And finally, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match, and you don't want to put wine in old cracked bottles either. You get strong, clean bottles for your fresh vintage wine, and no one who has ever tasted fine aged wine prefers unaged wine. You know, honestly, those two uh, kind of spoke to me, but it reminds me of, uh, we have a former pastor here, uh, Pastor Phil Lineberger, and that guy, for being a pastor, he knew how to have a good time. But nobody questioned his commitment and how his reverence and uh, the fact that he was the leader of the flock uh, of this church. And it just reminds me of how many people that you see, it seems like, the more dour they are, the more religious they feel they're being. You know, they have to be dour. I'm being religious. That's that's the key thing. <laughs> they feel they're being religious. Um, I I think it comes from. Actually, I think that comes from only going to church for worship. Although there are different worship traditions, I know I grew up in a Catholic church, and the only time we went to church was to on Sunday or on a holy day. We didn't go to church for 
to use a church word, fellowship. <laughs> right, we didn't go. Right. We didn't. We didn't have yeah. barbecues. We didn't. But but my point being, uh, and 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 Catholic, and, and Catholic church masses are are quite solemn. I don't call them dour, but they were serious, right. and they were they were, they were liturgical. So it was the same thing. And there was usually, if it was a high mass, there was a chanting and singing, and and but it was a it was a it was kind of a medieval type singing. There, you know, chanting. If you're if you're Catholic, you know what I'm talking about, where it's sung in kind of an a cappella. I mean, or else it's in Latin. Um, now I'm not dissing that by any means, and and that and and that and those types of services are meaningful for a lot of people. But if you're in the type of tradition where that's all you do. Church becomes to you a all serious all the time, yeah. and part of I think the worship experience is is an outpour an expression of other emotions, joy, and we'll talk about the joy aspect. Certainly joy, uh, but also the, the the you know good laughs and good humor. Uh, Good times that happen on a Wednesday night, or that happen in a Bible study, or happen in on a, in the youth a youth camp, even among the counselors, uh, th those those contribute to a more well-rounded experience of the joy in one's faith, especially among fellow believers. I absolutely agree with that. <clears throat> there's a and there's a lot of different ways to experience church. Uh, I, I was in VBS when I was a kid. I loved it going to the Mennonite church. Uh, gave me two weeks off of the farm. Uh, and be doing tech and helping other people with, with their religious experience. Doing this podcast. Uh, sharing what's been important to me with the other fellows and get, getting a, a totally different uh, point of view, the way uh, people think about it. I was I was looking this up. Steve brought this point up about the Catholic, and I was looking to see if they had a point of an origin at which they use their formal worship and their their, I think rather monotone way of presenting or, or, or worshiping God. Am I am I? Saying I, I wouldn't call it monotone. And, and I, don't mean it. I, I wouldn't call it monotone, but but is it, and then there it's, are of course very, classic, like a very low level. Yeah, yes, but but there, and there are and, and, and look, there's overlap. You know, we've done we do the hymns that that you hear in a Protestant church. It's much, it's it's and, and and I haven't been to a Catholic church mass really in a long time. So they, yeah. I'm sure, and I know they were doing contemporary. Yeah, they, masses they been, in my but but, but but my my point being when I grew up you only went to church for mass mm -hmm. and you right. didn't you didn't you didn't you, you you did not it was not really any other part of your life but go ahead no what I'm, I'm getting at uh, folks you've been to different churches Methodist Episcopalian uh, if you've been to Baptist you've been to uh, Pentecostal all that seem to follow a, a, a format or a way of presenting the message that they have become a habit of doing, right? And in fact, uh, one of the things, one of the key points in this lesson today is our attitude and whether or not we can change our attitude to conform to happiness and joy, which we should be doing if we're serving the Lord and if we believe in the Lord. But for whatever reason, it doesn't really say where it came from. It just it just states there are particular sacraments and things that they do. And, and the only thing I can think of is different worship service I've been to 
Lutheran, I've been to Presbyterian. Uh, some of them have a rigid format like this. And, and, and some of the people love it, just like you said. So, folks, if, that's, if that is, a, is the way the Lord reaches you, by all means do it. Uh, it so happens that Jesus told us, in this particular case, he's telling the Pharisees and the teachers, he says, why do we have to be uh, sad? And I, Bill, go ahead. I think we're going to take let, a break. Let, 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 me, let me punctuate just what you're saying. Sure. Because, no, please. I'll give you the illustration because of, because just as it comes out of my experience. Yeah. Now, sometime ago, we have, we have a jazz band, a great jazz band that plays... Every so often, yeah. um, present church. Yes, in our church. in our church. And um, well, when they were they were doing, you know, the end of service, the the they're playing the they're playing the congregation out, and they're doing a big number. They're doing they're doing they're doing joyful, joyful, we adore thee, which is set to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Fourth Movement, right. um, and they do it in Big Four Dixieland, which is something to hear. Come to our church when they're playing. Yeah, they're great. But, but down and I'm sitting a few rows in front of me. There's this maybe this 10, 11 year old kid, boy, and uh -huh. he is just moving and getting into it. You know, people are leaving. He's he's not making. He's just jumping around. He's he's really enjoying it. Yeah. Now, he's not growing up. That would have been considered misbehaving in my church. He probably would have gotten wrapped across the hand. Sure. But he really wasn't. He was worshiping. His way, and the way I think we should, and, and, and the sad thing is, so many, I, I've seen it happen, so much was inhibited in my church because, you know, expression was was frowned upon. Frowned upon, yeah. Okay, so go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, and with that, we're going to go ahead and change that mm -hmm. expression. Going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 248, and we're talking about surprised by joy. And <clears throat> the thing about it is with Jesus, uh, he was not afraid to engage the Pharisees <laughs> rather than just <clears throat> hide from them. <clears throat> and the only time that I really remember when I had uh, something over on somebody, these two guys were um, arguing about a baseball statistic. I happen to know the correct answer, but they got it almost in a fisticuff over it, and they were both wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking I could tell them the right answer, or I could just let these guys kind of pound it out. <laughs> and I think, in a way, Jesus was like that with the Pharisees because he was engaging with them. And and not uh, and not denying them, 
you know, opportunity. And, he, and the operative word of our time, he trolls them. Trolls them. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's what I was I tell Steve earlier that I, I think I have an amusing point about this because, folks, Jesus knew what's going to happen. He's God. He is absolutely God. So, uh, first of all, when he called Matthew, I wouldn't doubt it one bit, folks, that this was either a Monday or Thursday, a day of fasting for the Pharisees. <laughs> And he knows what's going to happen. He knows that Matthew is going to invite his friends and he's going to invite Jesus and the apostles so far, which are James and John and uh, and Peter. And they're going to go over there and they're going to go eat. And the Pharisees are following like little puppies to, to criticize him. And they're going to come in and they're going to watch him eat and drink and they're going to be starving. So, uh, we did, just, just to throw, we did about 40, 40 weeks ago, podcast 206, we talked about the calling of, of Matthew and his yes, dodgy yes, we friends. We called it Carpanium uh, Goodfellas. So, uh, why so did we go, do that? Tell, tell us that. that. Oh, well, tell it, tell it. Because, oh, because they're from Capernaum. Well, they're from Capernaum, right. but they're also kind of uh, the uh, the underworld or the, the, the dodgy characters. Even... even uh, I, I like the way Peterson put it, disreputable. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yes, he did, he did. So anyway, folks, I believe Mike believes that Jesus called Matthew on this day of that they normally fast <laughs> just to aggravate him. And it wasn't any other purpose because he knows they're going to get upset, they're going to be mad, and they're going to question him further. And he and he tells them the answer. He says, he says our disciples fast. And, and and then he brings up the example of John the Baptist, and they can't they, they can't stand John the Baptist. He told them that there were a bunch of uh, serpents and vipers and everything else, and he says, and the disciples of John the Baptist fast. Why don't your disciples fast? He says, because we're celebrating, can't you see? We're at a wedding feast. We're celebrating like a wedding feast, and you don't. You don't fast or you don't put on somber faces when you're at a festival or a party such as the, the, the groom's feast. The so imagery of this, Mike, would be Jesus standing at the buffet table. They're ladling out food onto his plate and it's from the chafing dish. And then here comes this Pharisees behind you. Aren't you going to fast? Well, no. No. Matter of fact, I got my plate right here. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to find a table. And then he blows the smoke in their face. Right? But he, and and the, right. the best part, folks, the, the, you got to realize this. So it's just opposite wise. The best part is that the, the the Pharisees are upset, and no one cares <laughs> they're upset. Right. The people at the party even pay up one mind. They ignore them totally. No one cares that they're sour and upset. Well, see, they're no, see, the Pharisees are not getting any return on their investment. They've invested years of study. And oh, yes, probably generations, and uh, you know, and exclusivity, and you know, and, and nobody cares. Keep going. I mean, I, that's right. And you know, I, I've spent hours praying and fasting, and and I'm, I'm kind of miserable. Well, dude, that's you. Well, I bring. I think all this takes us to the second part of yes. this. Yeah. Because because those are the the old the old wineskins. Exactly what you're yeah, right. talking about. And, and, and why this becomes so countercultural? Because, yeah, they... Yeah, and the, the thing about it is with that, I can't help it if that's what you feel your religion is about, honestly. Yeah. And, and we are in the most diverse 
county in the nation. I mean, we have them all here. And it's all good. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm living my life um, praising my God, you know, yeah. following my spiritual path. And I, I like being with like-minded people, you yeah. know. Yeah. And the that author, gives me, that give, does give me joy. Yeah. So. The author here, folks, uh, there's some good paragraphs he compares. I'm going to read a few of those. He says, he says, a Christian's life is more like a wedding than a funeral procession. He says, the Pharisees were griping while Jesus' disciples were grinning. He says, the Pharisees were somber. Jesus' disciples were singing. The Pharisees were languishing, and Jesus' disciples were laughing. The Pharisees were criticizing, and Jesus' boys were celebrating. The Pharisees were jealous. Jesus' group was jubilant. Which group are you going to choose to be in? Which Steve mentioned earlier, folks. Uh, the, the Christian life is a joy. It's a great joy, and and you can choose to have the joy. It's not something you automatically feel. And, and joy is, it, it's really... It's really worth talking about the difference between joy and just being happy. Absolutely um, right. That that that's why I kind of I kind of, that, that, that this podcast is named after C.S. Lewis's biography, which he talks about his conversion, and he titled it, of course, "Surprised by Joy." Uh, and and C.S. Lewis had a lot of sadness in his life, um, but he he talks of you know in it he talks about the idea of joy. And many, many other Christian writers have talked the idea, talked about the idea of joy in the midst of everything. Yeah, and but it comes down to it's a it's a choice. It's like you like to say, Bill, an attitude. More is more than just a simple emotion. I'm I'm happy because tomorrow the baseball season will start. Better late than never. But uh, I'm happy. I'll be happy. Uh, um, uh, I'll even stay a little late and, and watch the watch the Astros play out in California, but uh, you know, but you know, I'm gonna. That's that's you know, well, great, that's great. I'm joyous because whatever whatever happens, my salvation can't be taken away. Yes. Uh, and and that and that and that relationship with God is sealed, and that's an underlying source of life. Yes. For me, I mean that, yes. and as I said, it can't be taken away. Uh, you know, the the it, the, uh, the cable could go down tomorrow night, and then I won't be able to watch the game. Your game. And I won't be. Able... I think it's part of growing your life, <laughs> and as a Christian, you focus on the truth, and you navigate through the swamps of whatever comes up in your life, and. Some of them, the swamps are created and you're just navigating uh, around. Um, and others, you create your own swamp. But ultimately, you make it through it. And because you do, you have this sense of accomplishment. And you, you've been lived a disciplined life. Like uh, the judge and I, we were talking about earlier. I forgot what his joke was, but it, it wasn't really funny. But <laughs> no, but we're talking about you don't become a ballet dancer overnight. And that's the same way with your Christian walk. You it takes it takes time. It's just like and it's like nurturing anything else. Um, but those faith credits will be there when you need it. 
And I imagine that at this wedding feast, the Pharisees, they had the back table. If they were even invited. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who wants to hang out with them? You, yeah. you know? well, let's dig in a little further. Steve, folks, identified this as a parable. Let's dig, dig in a little bit deeper to the meeting, okay? First of all, when we go to Jesus and we look at the Pharisees again, Jesus presents a new attitude to them. He says, the message I am bringing to you should bring joy. Now, the underlying meaning of this has to do with the gospel, folks, this parable, okay? And Jesus said, the message I'm bringing to you, the new covenant, but he doesn't say new covenant. You know, he leaves it kind of hidden and smoothed over. He says, I'm bringing you a message that should cause you great joy. And he says, an example of this is wine and wineskins. If you have new wine you're making or you're, you're, you're uh, fermenting new wine, which is, in this case, he's saying, the new message I have for you, the gospel, I, you can't put it in the old skin, wine skins, which are the Pharisees and the scribes, right? Yeah. You got to put it in new, new people. Pe right, and this new is very people. important, very important, that you got to put it in new people uh, or now either, either born again, as he told Nicodemus, or people who have come to Christ for the first time and believe in God because the message is so vast, it's so new, and it's so different from what you're used to that you have to you have to put it in a new new uh, body or, or mind or whatever you want to say, Lord. Uh, the second thing is when you bring this new message and the message I'm bringing to the people, it's like new pants and old pants. You you tear an old pants, you can't you cannot patch it with a new pants. You got to throw them away, right? You got to do a new uh, 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 garment. So he's saying, get rid of your old wineskins, get new ones, or get rid of your minds, get rid of your bodies, everything you perceive uh, around you with. And the same thing with your clothes. You've got to get rid of your old clothes, and you've got to put, you've got to buy new ones. Well, go here ahead, he's go beginning ahead, to talk about the gospel being transformational. Yes. And there's going to be liberation, and. All those things you were talking about at the beginning, Bill, the way the ad, you know, the, we're going to have the, the rules, the laws, we're going to fast on Mondays and Thursdays, we're going to have that. That's all, that's all going. They, they existed as, you used uh -huh. to say, as guide rails, as, as ways of getting closer to God, but now finally the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice is going to be made soon, within a, within a few years, if this is happening early in his ministry, which we think it is, and uh, but and this whole this this idea of a new covenant is coming that's going to completely replace the old, Absolutely. and and therefore and 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 there as I said, there's two dimensions to this or multi dimensions more than yes, there really is. The idea is also we individuals are the wineskins, and or our or our attitudes or ourselves. Um, and we must change. We must be renewed by this, by the cup, by the new covenant. We are renewed so we can, we can contain. We can become containers of. You probably out say it, the Holy Spirit. Uh, but that the Holy Spirit, that the, the relationship that is being opened up by uh, by Jesus' own sacrifice and, and ultimately his resurrection. Uh -huh. So, so this is this is a. Uh, 
this is the thing that this is the reason why we're all celebrating. I mean, they're celebrating. Why are we celebrating? Because because it's a new, it's literally a new era. And uh, yes. and and as I said, the next dimension is not just the not just the law is being replaced. You are you are being replaced, or you are being changed, and becoming a, a Christian. And this is this is kind of a for those of us who've had longer transitions than others. Um, it's, it's more than just becoming an improved person. It's more than just going to a coach and improving your golf swing or your tennis backhand to just become, to be able to place your serve, more consistency in the box. It's, it's becoming, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a complete reboot. It's a whole new you. It's not just an upgrade, it's a new version. And that's, that's what's supposed to happen. That's what has happened. I've seen happen in people. I think it may have happened in me. I don't know. I feel some ways that I'm, I'm very different from who I was some 20 years ago. You might, I know, you have a demarcation point. I do have a demarcation <laughs> Which you are, you are blessed with. I couldn't tell you when that was. Um, but uh, but yeah. long, long story short, it's it, becoming a Christian is becoming, a, uh, you might say, a whole new container for the Holy Spirit. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up, podcast number 248. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up. Podcast number 248, Surprised by Joy. I think one of the things that uh, most Christians have is the fact that they really don't care if someone calls them a Christian. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to use the example of my grandfather for that. He, he took his faith very seriously. He was fairly private about it. But uh, I rem- and he liked to walk to church. He was, we only lived a, a mile away. And I could, I remember uh, when I could drive, I'd drive past him, ask him if he wanted a, uh, a ride. He goes, no. And he was just experiencing God as he made that little walk. Um, I've had so many, I, I've had other examples 
there are the other way that are the people they protest. Yes, I am. Yes, I am a Christian <laughs> and stuff. You know, and if you have to say it, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to label. Um, I'm sure uh, he's working on you. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say. Folks, the, uh, uh, some points real quick. Um, the real problem that I saw with the Pharisees and Sadducees and, or the teaching law that we've talked about it, and you're looking at it in the scriptures here is that they made their God the rules of the Mosaic law. And that's going to be a little G, right? A little G-O-D. Somehow or not, they forgot the most important commandments that apply to the Old Testament. And that's Jesus told them. He says, the, the two greatest commands are, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And you shall love the neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. And then the third thing that fits into that, it's better to obey than the sacrifice. It's, folks, it's better for you to follow those two laws than it is all the Mosaic laws and the little differentials and the specifics uh, on how to cook your meat, how to present it, how to wash your hands and everything. They forgot that offering a sacrifice is second to loving God by helping his people. Now, a couple points real quick. The new gospel is about faith. It's not about money. Jesus brings the new message of faith to the people. It's a message that the poor and the indigent can grasp because the gospel elevates the person who seeks God through faith. It does not require, all this is what Jesus is presenting, but he's covered it with this parable. It does not require a sacrifice by which of the works law. Many times a poor person has nothing else to give but to seek the Lord and give him his heart. This would be especially alluring to those who have no, no money to buy a bull, an ox, or a goat like the Pharisees. The Pharisees were really proud when they could give a perfect animal to be sacrificed. They also had great clothes and tassels. The, the scribes and Pharisees would tend to reject the new gospel because uh, they, could, they could not wear their expensive clothes and their religious, right? Their, their, their religious decorations on their clothes, their prayer shawls and their tassels. And finally, Messiah, Jesus does not fit the description of the long-awaited Messiah, folks. All of you know that. You've heard this. You've read this. He's of poor origins. He is not a military leader, a successful leader in their eyes. They believe the Messiah is going to be the super leader and lead Israel to be the superpower of the world. So what do they think Jesus is right now? As they're sitting in this and listening to him teach, they're wondering. They still don't know for sure what he is. They, they think he's not the Messiah. He may be a prophet because he's done miracles and signs that only a prophet could do. But So what they're doing is looking to pick apart things that they know or they believe draw them closer to God. The people think, they look at Jesus as the gatekeeper and he's throwing it open to yes. all. Whereas the Pharisees, the Pharisees are, oh, you're in. Oh, no, not mm -hmm. you. No, no, not you. Who's your dad? How long have you studied? No, sorry. Whereas right. Jesus is opening right. it to everyone. And and think about this. And and I know there's a lot of men out there. You had and you worked your career, and you finally get up close to the top. And then imagine something like that. Imagine you're a Pharisee, and your whole life, uh, you've been talked about how awesome.
awesome you're going to be and how much you're going to get to do and how much money you're going to have and how, how everybody's going to respect you. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus and man just puts a hole in that balloon. Imagine that. And the people love him. And the people Tell love him. People, all of a that's sudden, where the you go from hero, right? you go from hero, not necessarily hero, but definitely to zero. Yes. You're top of the totem pole. You fast hit, hit your way down to the grass. Yes. And imagine that. Yes. Uh, now the jealousy would be horrendous. Oh, 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 oh that would be. I, I mean, I, that's unfathomable. And then, and then, what do you do? You get your little group of all of a sudden insignificant peers together. Yeah. What can we do? Well, we're going to go ahead and continue on with this and get some uh, takeaways from the fellas uh, from this particular lesson. Uh, you know, I think we've heard, we've all kind of heard this uh, at different times of our lives. And, um, and me, I, I actually worked as a DJ in the wedding industry. And it was awesome to be a part of people's lives at the most important time. And I think that's part of what Jesus brings up in this particular parable. Um, weddings, very important. But also wineskins and wine, very important in that, in that day and age as well. And the, to me, part of this lesson is be authentic and be a part of your community. Don't be so hooked up into your own religiosity. I'm sure that's probably not a word. Um, but uh, it is and have, it, <laughs> Well, it was on this podcast. Uh, but And have blinders on to what's going on around you. Be a part of it. Be a part of the community. Enjoy. And be disciplined in your, uh, in your own activities, though. And with that, going to go around the room one more time and uh, get some takeaways. Start with uh, the judge, Michael Cropper. Yeah, folks, Steve and I talked about this a little earlier. Joy and happiness are attitudes we can cultivate. And Bill has mentioned also attitudes are something we can cultivate. Each day, as men, we have the opportunity to be happy. We face problems we must solve. We face angry people on the highway, in the grocery stores, at work. Joy and happiness can be learned by, by practicing it. I went through a period of time when I was depressed. And every day I got up, I had to drag myself out of bed. I had to drag myself to work. I had to make myself hug my kids and hug my wife. Then I decided to listen to some positive teachers. One was Zig Ziglar, one was Joyce Myers. Oh, yeah, and, awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, folks... What they did was they said, practice, practice things that are happy. And if you do it long enough, you do it every day, it will become a habit. And uh, I, I begin to wake up in the morning and I would clap my hands together and say, this is a great day. Now, folks, did I believe that? Nope, but I did it. <laughs> I clapped my hands together and said, what a great day this is. God has given me a new day to arise and live and honor him. And after, and, and I think Steve and Robert have said it takes you 28 days minimum to form a habit. Folks, it took me 30. So I'm a little slow. 
After 30 days, I woke up happy. I really did. And folks, it really does. It really works. Now, did are you, you think? Are you hypnotizing yourself? No, no, folks. Not, that's not at all. You're creating a new habit in your life. And and the Word of God says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You have to hear the Word of God spoken. So if you're going to learn and believe something about Christ, say it out loud. If you're having trouble believing it, and you read the Scripture, read it and say it out loud. It comes by hearing. Anyway. Folks, you can do the same thing. You can act in faith. When we accept Jesus Christ, we confess it before we understand it. We say it before we understand it, before it comes into our heart. Then he comes into our heart after we repent and ask him to do that. And then we ask him to guide us and lead us and teach us. Uh, Bill? Excellent. Uh, a takeaway from you, Producer Stitch? Yeah, a couple of things. One to pick up on what you're saying. I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I got a feeling... It's going to be, the, the atmosphere, the feeling, the emotion is going to be the greatest party you all have ever gone to. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot more like a wedding, a, a party, than it will be like being in the cloisters, uh, taking a vow of silence. and um, it's, it's going to be joyous. And so we shouldn't be afraid of reflecting that in, in our lives. And as I kind of said at the beginning, and a way to do that is to become more involved in your church activities, even if it's service activities, being around other Christians and just being together in everyday circumstances, but celebrating and, and living that joy. Not, you know, so so not, as we say, not only should be, you be going back to church now, you should be going back to your church life or if before the pandemic you didn't have a light a, a worship life beyond Sunday to start to expand that. Uh, so and, and along with that, and don't be the frozen chosen. That's Come right. and, and, and ex express Smile. yourself. Um, <laughs> and and as we talked also about the transformational aspect, as Bill was talking about that the Pharisees were threatened. And the I think the important thing, because because we didn't talk about much, the church is always changing. Um, to recognize the differences between, you know, biblical edict, uh, family and denominational tradition, and personal tastes. And, and, and one's a dead giveaway. If you're being threatened by something, like you're getting unsettled by something, not, not by what's being taught, by, but, but because there's a kid moving too much in the uh, aisle to the music and that offends you, you've got to change because all he's doing is expressing himself and expressing his faith. Uh, he's not he's not offending God. God is probably dancing with him in the spirit and he's probably shaking his head at you with your dour frown on and somebody should smack that kid. <laughs> so I, I, I but so it's it's part of it. Be will be willing to be willing to pray and 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 discern with the spirit the difference between your personal tastes and what you've always done in the church um, against really, uh, you know, truly biblical matters, what does and does not belong. Uh, and you'll find more often than not, it's the, it's the traditions that you're holding on to. And uh, again, I'm going to express something, not that they're not necessarily important, but there is a difference between tradition and, and righteousness. Interesting. You know, I 
back when I was a kid, I used to have a butch haircut, which means basically a buzz cut all over, you know? And uh, It's still a buzz cut. I, it's, just, yeah. it's just around the sides. Yeah, but I, yeah, I get a third off because I don't grow any hair on top. That's right. But uh, Percy was my barber. And old Percy, he, he, he was a positive guy, and he always gave out his philosophy. I get up in the morning... And I look in the mirror, I go, hello, steamboat. <laughs> I never, I only done that a couple of times. It didn't really work for me, but uh, it sure worked for him. And, and the thing about it is, just choose a positive attitude. Don't always, you don't always have to be a critic. It may not be the same as it was. And you know what? Probably not going to be the same tomorrow either. So choose a positive attitude. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. And on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, the Judge Michael Cropper, a uh, excused absence uh, for uh, the Professor Robert Koshy. My name is Bill Cox. And our half-hour TV show, No Church Answers, is available on the man-upspiritualoasis.com website. And say you are in a uh, men's ministry you can go ahead and uh, look at the various titles that we've had. You'll have some interesting stuff uh, to pick up on. So, And if you're unable to uh, attend a church, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, SugarlandBaptist.org, and starts Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And then when you're ready, and you should be ready by now, uh, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church, by local, so you'll go participate. Find a small group, adult Bible fellowship, or Sunday school class like this that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.